morning. Good morning. Welcome to Mayflower Congregational Church. Here at Mayflower, we believe that faith is a journey, God is good, Jesus saves, and the Spirit leads us toward faith, hope, and love as we honor the dignity of all God's children. Our faith journey today brings us to the fifth Sunday of Lent, and we are thrilled that you have decided to join us for our live stream worship service. I am Reverend Ruth Bell Olson, and together with Reverend Dr. Jonathan White, we are your interim pastoral team. Joining us in leading worship this morning, we have Dr. Julia Brown, our Director of Music, and our cantors, Christy Burkhart and Anne Marie Church. We also welcome our Stations of the Cross family, Rachel and Blair Haddad. And as always, we are so grateful to Pat McGuire, who is our live stream specialist. In this season of Lent, we have a few special opportunities to share with you. First, we are in the midst of our phased reopening plan for the church. So small groups, Bible studies, midweek and Elevate are meeting in the building. And we have opened the sanctuary for some silent prayer and meditation on Tuesdays at noon and Fridays at 10 a.m. So many people have mentioned how they miss simply being in this space. So this is an invitation for you. Tuesdays and Fridays. Second, many of us are reading through the New Testament, and each week we're discussing what we have read. This Bible reading program is called Immerse. We have plenty of books if you'd like to join us. You can simply read along or join us Wednesdays at lunchtime for our Zoom discussion. So please contact the church if you'd like to pick up a book or hear more about this program. And... Easter is just around the corner, so please mark your calendars for our Easter festivities. Beginning on Palm Sunday, following our 1030 live stream, we will have an Easter egg hunt and a palm parade on our front lawn at noon. The church sanctuary will be open from 5 to 6 on Monday, Thursday for silent prayer, and then on Good Friday, we have a very special live stream service that will uh, be at noon. Easter morning, we will celebrate with an outdoor service at 9 a.m., and there will be a streamed worship service at 10.30. And finally, during Lent, we are offering a virtual Lenten music and meditation experience called Art Song in the Atrium. Beautiful music, art, devotional materials can be found on our website and our YouTube channel. And to hear more about today's music, I welcome Dr. Julia Brown. I'm so glad to have both Christy and Anne Marie here today. Uh, Christy was featured in this past week's art, uh, art song in the atrium, and Anne Marie's uh, singing will be featured a few weeks from now. Um, and today is March 21st. It is Johann Sebastian Bach's birthday. He was born in 1685 and wrote so much incredible, beautiful music um, throughout his life, including uh, much organ music. And as an organist, every so often I need a Bach fix. It's been a few weeks, a few Sundays since I played Bach. Um, 
So the postlude today is his prelude in B minor. It's a mature work from his uh, time uh, when he worked in Leipzig. And I often play this uh, either during Lent or sometimes as a prelude on Palm Sunday because it is a work of intense drama. Um, his uh, sequences and suspensions and, and, and just really crunchy harmonies um, create a uh, very, very expressive work. So um, keep your stream going through the end of the postlude today. Thank you, Julia. We look forward to your Bach fix. Please note, it is spring and time for church council nominations. Nominations for vacancies on all church committees are now being accepted. If you would like to make a nomination or even nominate yourself for a committee assignment, please go to the Mayflower webpage and you can click on the drop-down menu in the upper right corner Click on the About, and then find Leadership, and a nomination form will appear. If you have any trouble accessing that, please call the church office. On a somber note, please keep the Boyden family in your prayers as Jean passed away last Monday. And now we're going to turn to our Lenten liturgy for this morning. We have placed seven candles on our altar, one for each Sunday in Lent and one for Good Friday. Each week, we have begun with one less candle lit. We can anticipate that on Easter Sunday, all of the darkened candles will be relit in celebration of Christ's resurrection. But we are entering a holy time, and as the candles slowly fade and the darkness deepens, we are symbolically retelling the story of Jesus' betrayal, suffering, and death. We are also emphasizing the Stations of the Cross in our Lenten liturgy this year. The Stations are representations of the path that Jesus bore on his way to the crucifixion. They involve Jesus' suffering as well as moments of support. They relay the intense sacrifice that we as Christians believe Jesus undertook for the salvation of all humanity. So we will now proceed to our fifth Station of the Cross. The fifth station. Simon of Cyrene helps Jesus carry his cross. We adore you, O Christ, and we praise you. Because by by your your holy holy cross, cross, you you have have redeemed redeemed the the world. Today's culture teaches us and rewards us to become self-reliant and independent people. Sometimes, We grow so independent that we fail to see that our family and neighbors are here to help us when we need them. We get so used to doing everything for ourselves that when we run into difficulties, which we cannot overcome, we don't think to ask for help. But even Jesus needed help. The soldiers forced Simon to carry the cross because Jesus was too weak to carry it for himself. 
No matter how strong and talented we are, there will be times when we really need the help of others. Kids, too, want to be independent. Sometimes we find it hard to ask our parents for help, especially when we have to make a hard decision about friendships, video games we want to play, or school. Let us pray. Jesus, Jesus, you you had to to rely rely on the help of a stranger to carry your cross. Help Help us to learn that that each of us needs the help of family, school, neighbors, and and our caring fellow church members here at Mayflower to keep us from a false sense of independence. Guard us from the wrong kind of pride that keeps us from asking for help when we need it. Amen. Let us pray. Holy God, what must it have been like to be Simon of Cyrene, pulled aside and forced to bear the burden of your cross? The heaviness of this physical weight is a mirror to the spiritual heaviness we often feel in Lent. Please let this heaviness draw us deeper deeper into relationship with you, deeper into the story of your life, death, and resurrection. And keep us open and watchful for the celebration that is coming. Amen.
Our first scripture reading this morning is from Psalm 51, verses 1 through 12. Have mercy on me, O God, according to your steadfast love. According to your abundant mercy, blot out my transgressions. Wash me thoroughly from my iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. For I know my transgressions and my sin is ever before me. Against you, you alone, have I sinned and done what is evil in your sight. So that you are justified in your sentence and blameless when you pass judgment. Indeed, I was born guilty, a sinner when my mother conceived me. You desire truth in the inward being. Therefore, teach me wisdom in my secret heart. Purge me with hyssop and I shall be clean. Wash me and I shall be whiter than snow. Let me hear joy and gladness. Let the bones you have crushed rejoice. Hide your face from my sins and blot out all my iniquities. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and put a new and right spirit within me. Do not cast me away from your presence and do not take your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation and sustain in me a willing spirit. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God.
Our second scripture reading is from the book of John, chapter 12, verses 20 through 33. Now among those who went up to worship at the festival were some Greeks. They came to Philip, who was from Bethsaida in Galilee, and said to him, Sir, we wish to see Jesus. Well, Philip went and told Andrew. Then Andrew and Philip went and told Jesus. Jesus answered them, The hour has come for the Son of Man to be glorified. Very truly, I tell you, unless a grain of wheat falls into the earth and dies, it remains just a single grain. But if it dies, it bears much fruit. Those who love their life will lose it, and those who hate their life in this world will keep it for eternal life. Whoever serves me must follow me, and where I am, there will my servant be also. Whoever serves me, the Father will honor. Now my soul is troubled, and what should I say? Father, save me from this hour? No, it is for this reason that I have come to this hour. Father, glorify your name. Then a voice came from heaven. I have glorified it, and I will glorify it again. The crowd standing there heard, and they thought it was thunder. Others said, an angel has spoken to him. Jesus answered, this voice has come for your sake, not for mine. Now is the judgment of the world, and now the ruler of this world will be driven out. And I, when I am lifted up from the earth, will draw all people to myself. He said this to indicate the kind of death he was to die. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Will you pray with me? Holy One, let us feel your presence. Holy One, Open our ears. Open our eyes. Holy One, let us feel your presence as we worship. In all your many holy names, amen. I love the 51st Psalm. A couple of things in there that can be troubling unless you go into the depth. For example, I was a sinner in my mother's womb. No, that is the author of the psalm trying to say how great the sin he committed was. The psalm is attributed to David. The Sunday school David comes out a hero. The Sunday school David is the guy who slays Goliath. The Sunday school David is the guy who glorifies Israel. The biblical David is the commander of Joab, the commander of the Israelite army. Joab takes names. He does not take prisoners. Joab is responsible for the death of Uriah. Indeed, this psalm comes after David has committed adultery with Bathsheba. She only gets one line in that whole story. She only gets to say, I'm pregnant. 
Everything else falls on David. The baby is ill. David goes to pray. I am a sinner. I have done wrong. And although all our Old Testament heroes have feet of clay, we hear the ending of that song. The ending that brings us to Jesus. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Do not cast me away from your shadow, and don't take your holy presence from me. Restore to me the joy of my salvation, and uphold me with a free spirit. God is the hero of that psalm. David is the forgiven. That was his role. He was called to that role, and he was good at it. He created a united kingdom out of a group of warring tribes and bandit leaders. Jesus is also playing a role. Now, what we got in today's scripture is pure Johannine theology. In John, Jesus is in control. In John, Jesus has all authority. You might even recall at the arrest, Jesus sounds out and everybody falls to the ground in front of him. Jesus makes the decision when he is going to die on the cross. Jesus is Lord. One of the things I like about that is the portrayal of Jesus in John, one of my favorite Gospels. I also learned recently, when we celebrated the life of Dr. Christian Matthews, that Chris loved the Gospel of John, too. I heard from the chaplain that the reason he loved it, it's the only Gospel that starts with Jesus and ends with Jesus. I miss Chris, but I'm still learning from him. Jesus, in charge of everything, is also the cosmic Christ. He did not come just to save a group of selected people. Jesus came, as Paul says in Romans, because the entire cosmos is groaning for salvation. And the Christ manifested in Jesus, present with God at the beginning, brings that salvation. John weaves it in very well when he said, the Greeks have come and they have some questions. It is not just the Jews who are going to be saved. It is all humanity it is all creation. It is the cosmos. This is the cosmic Christ. And Jesus is setting the stage for his final role, where he goes willingly 
and to demonstrate his power, the people hear thunder. Jesus even controls the elements. The cosmic Christ indeed. Playing his final role. We thought. And today we remember Simon of Cyrene, who is forcibly enlisted to carry that bar that will be placed on a pole that will become Jesus' cross. Simon had a role too. That which he was called to do. We all have a place inside this cosmic love. Now I have to admit, one of the things that bothers me about the church is the church is awfully good at guilt. The church loves to take people, especially young people, especially young mothers and fathers, bring them in, give them assignment after assignment after assignment, and burn them out, and then look for new young people. The church should be about celebration. And in this age where we're pulled in so many directions, the church should be telling us, pick the area of your passion. Pick the area where you do well. Pick the area where you can excel and it doesn't even seem like a task. That should be the message of the people of joy. That should be the message of people who call those four Gospels good news. Ken Robinson talks about finding our passion in a book called The Element. It's a critique of the education system. He says in the West, he's writing from Britain, but it's applicable throughout the West. In the West, what we do is take children, bundle them up in a structured program, and tell them they have to learn in a particular way. And if they don't learn in that way, they're failures. Robinson says, no, what you do is you take the child, you take the teenager, you take the young adult, and you put them where passion meets their talent. He illustrates this in the book, The Element, with story after story after story. One of the ones that struck out to me was George Harrison. He had recorded a solo song in 1988. He needed a B-side for the song. Warner Brothers Records told him, go write something and bring it back. Well, he had been hanging around with Bob Dylan in Bob Dylan's studio. And Roy Or Orbison was there, guitarist Jeffrey Lynn, and Tom Petty. And he told them, hey, well, i got to come up with a song. They said, okay, let's write one. And they sat down and wrote a song. George brought it in and said, here's the B-side. The producers at Warner Brothers listened to it, 
and they were astounded. Passion meant talent. You couldn't put Tom Petty, Roy Orbison, Bob Dylan, Jeff Lynn, and George Harrison in a recording studio and not get pure gold. The traveling Wilburys. Talent meeting passion. Another story that Robinson tells is a young woman from Greece. She was fascinated with the media and wanted to be a reporter. She thought to do that, she would leave Greece and come to America. She worked and worked and worked. Talent meeting passion. And Ariana Huffington has her own online news service, which covers the world. Another story that Robinson tells is a young boy from Liverpool. He wasn't doing well in school. He liked music, but he wasn't doing well in music class. He wasn't following all the rules. The teacher noticed that he had some talent and took him aside and encouraged him. And he played. And he kept playing. He wrote songs. And pretty soon he was excelling at it. And he joined three other guys. And lo and behold, Paul McCartney became a rock and roll star. By the way, if you're under 45, Paul McCartney was in another group before he went on his own. People over 45, you can find that humorous. What, what we see is passion coming together with talent. And that's where we serve God. Jesus said, pick up your cross and follow me. But Jesus also said, come to me, all who are weary and carrying heavy burdens. I will give you rest. My yoke is light, and my burden is easy. Imagine now that you're walking along with Jesus. He's been tortured. He's exhausted. He's going to die. And he's dropped that beam. Reach down and pick it up. Follow him. But don't think you have to do everything in the world. Don't think you have to be good at everything. Don't think you have to volunteer for everything the church asks you to do. Let your passion meet your talent so that when you serve, you're serving with joy 
And the burden is light. Jesus is with you. And you can feel a clean heart, a spirit of joy, a spirit of salvation. After all, isn't that what the church is about? Isn't that what we should be doing? God bless all of you. In the name of God the Creator, God the Christ, and God the Holy Spirit. Amen. Now is the time in our service where we pause to offer our gifts and to share in the joy of what it means to be part of the ministry of Mayflower Church. Thank you for your generosity.
For God, you so love the world, and we are eternally grateful. In the spirit of gratitude, we thank you for the gifts so generously given and the ability to use them to bring you honor and glory. Amen. Let us now join our hearts together for our congregational prayer. Holy and awesome Lord, we come before you today with heavy hearts and hopeful spirits. We are trudging along through Lent and feeling the weight of this season. The world feels unsafe and the nation is still divided. The pandemic is not over. And we have health struggles, relationship issues, and economic woes. This morning, specifically, we pray for our Asian American brothers and sisters who are experiencing untold violence and discrimination. 3,800 anti-Asian incidents of hate have been reported during this pandemic alone. Oh, Lord, help us. Come, Lord Jesus, and show us a way forward. Remind us of what is ours to do. Help us to be justice seekers and peacemakers. You have created each one of us with passions and gifts and abilities. Help us to use these in service to you and others. And help us to feel empowered and not thwarted in our efforts. This morning we lift up in prayer the Boyden family. May you bring them peace and comfort. And we pray for those listed on our prayer chain. Oh, Lord, there are so many who are suffering and struggling. We pray for healing. We pray for restoration. We pray for peace. We also pray today for joy. Oh, please, Holy One, continue to feed us a glimpse of Easter. Continue to remind us that you overcame death for us to truly live. Foster in us a spirit of gratitude. Help us to be grateful for each day as each day is a holy gift. We are thankful today for vaccines and we pray for those who want them to be able to receive them. And we are grateful for this church. We pray for the pastoral search committee as they make plans to meet our pastoral candidate this week. Lord, we pray for this committee to have clarity and unity. We trust you and we give you our hearts and we give you our lives. May you move through us to bring love to each other and to the world. Lord, be with us. Lord, have mercy on us.
And now with one heart and one voice, we pray together the prayer Jesus taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, holy is your name. May your kingdom come and your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For yours is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Dewey Peterson of Second Congregational Church in Grand Rapids told me nearly 30 years ago, John, get out of the pulpit and talk to the people in the center. He said, there's only one problem when you do that. Sometimes you forget material you were going to include. 
The good news is, as we use Bach this morning to celebrate the glory of God, there's plenty of time. Because after I sat down, I realized I forgot 25% of my sermon. So I hope what I said was okay. Now, may you go in peace. May you go in love. May you go like Simon of Cyrene, carrying the burden that becomes so light as your talent and passion come together for the Christ. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen.